Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode here with your host, the D is silent. And wow. Okay, so where do we begin? Let's do um, another podcast here. I don't know, hopefully, it doesn't take too long to do. Maybe forty minutes, fifty minutes. Not a long one, but I want to go over some things that have happened recently. Uh, I went to Cancun. Hooray! I just got back actually. I'm just uh, the day after. Uh, I want to do a podcast. I want to just talk about the trip, how it went. I know I've been talking about it. Um, I also watched the movie Rumbles. Talk about that. I was kind of, I thought it was going to be better. It wasn't really that good. Um, what else? Uh, Avatar is coming up. Uh, I might watch that tonight. Um, and then I, the Raiders. Did you guys didn't want to watch football this past week or two? Kind of crazy. Um, I actually went to another Raiders football game in L.A., versus the Rams, which I would like to talk about as well. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's do what I did first. I went to a Thursday night football game at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. I got to watch the Raiders versus the Rams. Uh, And I got to say that I watched the Raiders lose spectacularly to Baker Mayfield live and in person. And that just ruined the whole fucking taste of my mouth because we were up 17 to 3. Um... With like two minutes to go or some shit. All we needed was a stop and the bleeding would have been over. Um, but with that said, uh, once again, I am absolutely 100% convinced that the NFL made probably one of the most boneheaded mistakes. Uh, in That was a big... It was an NFL... It's a disaster. One of the most blunderous mistakes that I have ever witnessed in my entire life was to allow that main dude, I think Dan Conquering or whatever his name, I could be completely wrong with that guy's name uh, Steve Conquering, whoever the fuck owns the Rams and who the weasel that owns uh, the Chargers I, I can't believe that they settled uh, in that area, they gotta be the worst place for a football stadium venue that I could possibly think of. I, it's actually is so bad that, um, I, you know, it, it's just one. It's so fucking bad, uh, especially for the local fans. I mean, if you're a local Rams fan, I don't know how many of you are out there. If you're a San Diego Chargers fan, I don't know how many of you actually come up to L.A. And you're driving in that traffic, getting there, you're fucked. You're point blank, you're fucked. I I just drove there coming from the IE because I got hooked up with the free ticket to go. And I went because I'm a Raider fan and I wasn't going to turn it down. Um, And I got to say, man, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that they put that stadium there. There's no quick way there. And then after you leave the game, you have to go north up to Florence or Gage Avenue and cross into the hood and can't get to the freeway. What kind of bullshit is that? My goodness, the NFL, that's a fucking joke. That is a joke. Uh, the NFL should be, the actually, they should be ashamed of themselves. For doing that, and I know the the forum was there. 
you know, Ingle, the, the Kia forms there, they're redoing it. Um, they, they could have picked somewhere much, much better. Um, the only pot, the one positive is right next to the airport. So I'm assuming if you and your family are Dallas Cowboys fans from Dallas and you've got family in LA and you want to go to the Dallas game against the Rams in LA, when you get off the airport, it's not very far, but if you're staying in the area, you're very fucked. I don't know how else to say that. Um, we drove through some absolute crazy on the 110 or whatever freeway south. It's absolutely bonkers to watch a football game. There. You know, when you have to drive through a zone of hookers, uh, a zone of gangs, uh, a million uh Homeless people in like taco stands everywhere. Like it's just a wild journey, just to get there. Then you get there, and I mean, much to the chagrin of like everybody's expectation, there's not a lot of parking. And so, I didn't understand their point of that. They should have made a bigger parking lot, or a parking, a mega parking structure where they could have fit, you know multiple layers of cars. I don't know why they didn't do that. Or why that that's not available there. There's no hotel infrastructure there to harbor that. Um and also the Uber to the game is ridiculous. So I mean there's no no matter which way you chop and slice the pie up, it was it's, to me it's a bad a bad location for a venue. It really is. Um, the venue itself is nice. I mean, it's brand new. It should be nice. Uh, bathroom facilities are pretty good. Um, they're sponsored by Pechanga, which I kind of thought was, well, okay. But if you're in the upper levels, you can't see shit because they have a giant fucking donut of a screen in the middle of the field and you can't really see anything. You can see the field and I mean... Um, but the big donut in the middle was kind of pointless to me. It was like, why did they do that? Um, <clears throat> I also kind of found it kind of weird that you enter at like mid level and to go to the premium seats, you go down, and to go to the upper seats, you go up. I kind of thought that that was kind of weird. I don't know what their goal was in achieving that. Like, was it to literally just piss off like the rich people? Or, you know, I was always assumed, like, when you do a coliseum or something like that, that you enter at the bottom level and you go up, like, you know, but maybe that's not what, um, is the way to go these days. I don't know. But it's what it is. Um, but the stadium is nice. I mean, I, I went there to cash. I took some, my cars, obviously. I got hooked up with a free ticket, like, right in the 500 section. I forgot over what row we were in. But we were right there. You just walk up the little stairs, and we were right there. Uh, we are in nosebleed. Uh, but it's open air, which it's cold in there right now. It's very cold. Uh, I can see if you're in the upper levels, you're freezing your ass off. You had to take a sweater. Uh, and I'm sure you get that ocean breeze every night, and it's cold. 
So you can't just be in there in a shirt. I mean, I get it a lot of stadiums are open still, like the Dodger Stadium. But you're just inviting a lot of problems with it being open air. Um, because the airport's right there. I don't know how much pollution those planes give out. The breeze is actually pushing all that diesel smell to you. Wasn't a good idea. To me, that's not a great idea. As a functionality for it, they should have just closed it, closed up shop. Should have had some big crystallized glass window panes. Um, maybe the retractable roof would have been better. Or maybe they'd have the retractable panes. Uh, would have been a nice touch. If they're going to spend the $8 billion they spent, that's the route they should have gone. Um... You know, and it's whatever. I mean, it's just whatever. Uh, but moving on to the game itself, the Raiders came out swinging, guns blazing. Uh, they got up, I believe, seventeen to three, right at halftime. And I thought at that point, maybe it was seventeen zero. Felt at that point that the game wasn't out of reach by no means. But I thought we had a clamp on things because they hadn't really done nothing in the first half. Baker Mayfield had just, so everybody knows, he just walked onto the fucking team and was I mean he was just handing the ball off second half they opened the playbook up to him uh, and he started doing his thing started slanging the ball around I think Matt Stafford's welcome might be done there because uh, I think ba- Baker if you give him between him and Stafford I think Baker probably the better quarterback now the less injury less less he's less injury prone than Stafford Stafford's already won a chip, so who knows how much fire he's got in his tank now that you won a chip and all that. So he fulfilled, uh, Stafford fulfilled his obligation. Still his team, but maybe he'll retire and let Baker just run it. Uh, We could possibly have a Kurt Warner 2.0, but I don't really know. The team is really bad, and I don't understand that because they still have Donald, they still have Jalen Ramsey, they still have a bunch of players on their team. I, I mean, and I say they're bad as if they didn't beat the Raiders, but they were bad anyways. Uh, they were just as bad as the Raiders. Um, but with that said, as well documented now, the Raiders choked that fucking lead. I watched it in person. I knew I could see it happening. I, I told myself, all they need is to run the clock out. Couldn't convert a first down. They punted. They had the... Uh, Rams had to go 98 yards. I was like, all they need is just to get one stop. Put them in like a 4th and 20 position. The game's pretty much over at that point. Couldn't happen. Didn't happen. One sack, because they had no timeouts, could have cost the game. Couldn't get a sack. Uh, and then I watched him throw a dart to, I don't know who the fuck, down there. And pretty much that tied the game. The extra point was would be ultimately be the winner. Left the Raiders with like 4 seconds left. And Derek Carr threw a pick. I mean, essentially, it was garbage time. Um, and I watched that in person. And we left. And essentially, you know, they just took the taste right out of my mouth from just being in the stadium. I believe now the Raiders are now a clear 0-3 in the new stadium in L.A. And I can't wait for them to start winning games there. Uh, but they're 0-3 now, and that's just a sham because I know a lot of Raiders fans, from especially me, are from L.A. I would like to see them win in L.A. And I can't wait till we start balancing the sheet and we get to 3-3 three and three 
you know, where it's every other game we win in there, not just. I would like to win there once a year as well. Like the Raiders play there once a year for the next 30 years. I want to see them win at least 15, 20 times there. I, again, I would like them to balance the sheet. Uh, if they're going to be, if the Rams and the Chargers are going to be there for 30 years and the Raiders are going to be play there 30 times, unless I would like to at least see them win about 15 times in my life while they're there. Uh, I'd also like to see them beat the dog shit out of the Chargers again in Vegas and the Rams the next time we play them. Just because that, that just, just irked me because I was like, man, these fucking scumbags beat us. Uh, but yeah, the 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 exiting of the of the stadium was a shit show, and I just would not recommend anybody driving there. You're making a mistake driving to the stadium. That's first and foremost. Unless you can get Ubered in there and Ubered out, but even then, I think that'd be kind of ridiculous. Um, it's overall is not a good good feel for. It. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I just don't really know what the. I mean, what were they thinking? Who knows what the fuck they were thinking? Whatever they were fucking thinking, they need to rethink again because that shit was fucking stupid. Why didn't they put this more in an open, in an open area where the hotel infrastructure and things already exist? Move it closer to Long Beach. Move it up to where the Dodgers are. You know, the trains already run there. You know... Union Station can house the the amount of people, you know, there's parking buildings in there, Quick Park, you know, can help you. Uh, there's just nothing there to the stadium, and I just thought that was absolutely boneheaded mistake on behalf of the NFL and the owners. Um, moving beyond that, and beyond that Raiders game, moving into this last... I didn't watch the game because I was coming back from Cancun, but the Raiders beat the Patriots, and I'm kind of just in awe of what happened because that... While that was not a playoff game, while that is not a... It might not even be a meaningful game for either team. It's really weird to see because the dynamic, and I know the NFL is making a big deal about that because you have to look at the dynamics of both teams, the trajectory of both teams, what happened between the two teams since the tuck rule, um, and the overall perception of Bill Belichick being this great coach. The Raiders have, since the tuck rule era, since John Gruden times, or the, the first stint of John Gruden, have been this team of misery. Uh, and in the lose a game for the Patriots to lose a game in that way against the Raiders. And like I, I don't think that's not a play that's gonna propel us to be this championship team for years to come, or even we might not even make the fucking playoffs. But the dynamic of it is just absolutely mind-boggling to even to me. Looking at that play, they should have just tried to throw a Hail Mary. And I think they actually have, you can hear the announcers calling. Mac, Mac Collins is back there playing defense just in case they throw a Hail Mary. I mean, that's literally your options at that point, unless you just take a knee and play for overtime. 
And I know, and I know you hand off the draw, and you never know what can happen. You make a guy miss, another guy miss, and then you just got to outrun a safety in Matt Collins. You know, any one of them can slip, or you can hit him with the with the juke, and somebody can slip. You can walk into the end zone, punch in a victory. But to lateral the ball, to play street ball, is not a Belichick type of deal. And then, you know, you all you've seen the jump pass that goes right to Chandler Jones. And as he grabs it, I think he turns and sees Mac Jones. And he just gives him the stiff arm. I haven't seen a stiff arm like that on a quarterback in a minute. I th- I don't know who was it that... I don't know if it was Asante Samuel, who he picked off. And the people that... Uh, he they picked off the... I don't know if it was him or what, but they came, they completely trucked. They picked up and slammed down the quarterback, and I thought that was in, the, in route to a pick six. That was a, a I don't remember the play. I think I know it was the Eagles because Dante Samuel was on the Eagles. Uh, but they may have been playing like the Vikings or somebody, maybe even the Giants. No, I don't think it was the Giants. It could have been the Redskins. I don't know who it was, but that was one of the most epic things I've ever seen the quarterback do and endure. And and the cornerback, and that was amazing. I don't, you know what? It might not even been a pick six, but uh, Asante Samuel was was a wild cornerback there for a minute. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, again, the trajectory of both teams. It's clearly evident now that the Patriots are now sliding. To me, that's my biggest takeaway of that exact moment and that exact play. The Patriots could miss the playoffs. Um, and plays like that, and they're absolutely... You got to go... What actually is starting all this is the teams no longer respect Belichick, Mac Jones. When the Buffalo Bills... I threw a 50-burger on them in the playoffs last year... I took a lot of sail out of the wings of Belichick. You're still riding high that he could just come in and coach a team. There's still a lot of fear that it was the Patriots. They could just plug in anybody. And they had examples of that with uh, Matt Castle and a couple of other players. And um, you would assume that, you know, okay, Mac Jones was, was, I don't know if it was his rookie season last year. But they got worked in the playoffs. And it kind of that working has extended this season. Uh, Belichick's sales are... He's not having to flap those wings very hard to come up with some creative plays. I know they played a game against the Jets where they're like... Uh, if it wasn't for a punt return for a touchdown, they don't win the game. Um, and he's had a lot of those instances. And they're, very, they're making him look very mediocre out there. And this, and this might actually be the cherry on top of the ice cake where the team is mediocre and they will make a boneheaded mistake if you're in a knuckleball type of a game where you know it's a low scoring affair it's 10-10 into the third quarter they will make a mistake now like that. that and that's something that I think is actually now going to start manifesting 
with the Patriots come next year. I think teams will play them tight. They won't be afraid that, okay, we, they no longer have the superior quarterback and the superior game plan. Belichick was relying on his fear, a lot of teams' fear of not making a mistake and actually causing a mistake on their end and Brady capitalizing or what he thought was he could just bring Mac Jones in there and capitalize with their superior team. So they're no longer superior. Uh, and I don't think they're going to turn the corner with Mac Jones. I don't think they're going to somehow do anything to overtake the Dolphins or the Bills at this point. I think the Dolphins are still a team to watch out for, even the Jets. Uh, the the In my shift, if the Bills can win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, the power of the AFC North or whatever AFC division they're in, East, um, will pretty much the rug will be pulled out from under the Belichick era. And I kind of, and I, and I don't want to say, I don't want to make the play seem bigger than it is. Like this erased 20 years of damage to the Raiders because it really didn't. It's a non-meaningful game. I still don't know. If, I, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. We beat the Patriots. But we would have to beat the Steelers, beat the Chiefs, beat the 49ers. Uh, and I don't know who the fuck else we play, but we'd have us uh, of all of that. Of all the possibilities of the Raiders making the playoffs. The Raiders are the ones who are in the way the most. They can't say that they're a good enough team to win out. And these other teams would lose and then we could get in. The other teams could lose and we could lose and be the reason why we don't make the playoffs. Um, and I don't really know. Like, the Chiefs could just stop playing and they'll be fine. But we'd have to beat them and I don't really know. We play the Steelers next. I don't really know. Um, we have to put the 49ers. Again, I don't really know. The the 49ers just put a, a beating on Brady. They put a beating on Brady. Uh, they got, as a matter of fact, Brady got raided off the TV. Uh, last time I checked a couple weeks ago, the 49ers absolutely with a man named Purdy or Purdue or I don't know what his name is, put the beat the dog shit out of a Brady led team, and and they embarrassed him. And and they and I ended up watching the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawk and somebody on some other team game. It was pretty good. Uh, but the Seahawks or the Seahawks and Panthers. I think the Panthers actually broke through and won the game, or maybe the Seahawks did. I don't know. But the Belichick and Brady are. I think the rug is now being pulled out from under them. The NFL is now nobody respects Brady on the on the Buccaneers. Is you know they've seen a lot of instances now. Where the teams no longer respect them, uh, and teams are no longer respecting uh, the Patriots either. It's just the case. But and again, I don't want to make this, that play, but it was really good. I think the Raiders really, you know, it's going to be a game that they can now beat the Patriots. It's, it's a statement game for the organization. A statement game for some of the players there. That hey, we hang in there. The Patriots, and that'd be a statement. It's probably a statement around the NFL, is what it more is, versus than a statement game for either team. It's a statement game that hey, 
Belichick is just like any other coach. He calls bogus plays at times. And you can... They will make an error. As wild as that sounds, I mean, Belichick is human. He's no longer this unbeatable coach. He's actually very, very mediocre. I think this season is very, very mediocre. If they're sitting at 7-7 seven and seven or whatever they're sitting at, um, or maybe they're sitting at 6-8 and eight or something. I don't know what they're sitting at, 7-8. and eight. I don't know how many games the Patriots have left. Well, I know the Raiders have three, so there are, there might be seven and seven, while the Raiders are now like six and eight. Um, it's just so phenomenal just seeing here, just seeing the the, hum, the humility, the humanity of the Patriots and not being this this organization. They look like they look like in the in the sale the wind might go completely out of the sails by next year of the Belichick era, because if the NFL and the teams know this. Like, I know this now. You could say they could just start picking them apart, in which I kind of feel was is the case. So that was a statement game for the NFL. Looking at that like, oh, wow, Belichick will make a mistake if you play him tight enough. He will try something. He will go to a... He, will, he does have plays that you wouldn't normally run. You don't really run laterals in, in plays like that. And, like, in practice, you might do it. Just like, okay, we have to have some experience doing this in case there's a random scenario where we might need it in a playoff game. But usually you don't need it because of the game. Like usually the game's over if, um, in certain instances like that. Just crazy to me. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, man. I'm like, at watching the replays, I watched the replay of that exact sequence like several times now, and I just don't know what was going on. I mean, you could have just taken a knee, gone to overtime. There was like four seconds left. If you wanted to try Hail Mary, I understand that one. Um, Hail Marys aren't a great plausible. So maybe Belichick's thinking was. It might be actually he overthought himself and saying, you know what, let's run a couple of laterals, see if we can get a guy loose. If not, throw it back, far back to Jones so he can just cover the ball and down it. Maybe that's what he was thinking. But he called the play, and it completely backfired. It was, it was, it was a great example of Belichick has too much control of the team. The players are a bit mediocre. Nobody was going to tell Belichick otherwise. It was an organizational... From the tippy-top, from Roger Kraft giving Belichick all the leeway he wants to Belichick calling the bogus play because he called the play. I mean, I think Belichick's fully in charge of some aspects of what he wants. And then the players just not being up to par. You don't have top players to be doing that. Um, and it was just a failure on all three. Like, there's three or four levels of an organization in the NFL. From the owners, usually there's a general manager, and there's a head coach, assistant coaches, and the players. So maybe like five, there was like five levels there of 
mediocrity and all came to a head yesterday. And it might might have cost them their season. Um, we don't know this yet. And they could win now. They can go ten and seven. Still, that'd be a pretty good season as far as I'm, as I'm concerned. But they might not make the playoffs, from what I hear. Uh, and and I think it just sends the wrong message to the rest of the NFL. Sends the wrong message to their own locker room. You know, you have to be questioning yourself. You're that couple of those players in there. What the fuck were you doing? Especially the defense. After the offense came roaring back and holding the Raiders to, you know, not doing so much damage second half. Um, you send the wrong message. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Why did we do all of that that way? And all of Belichick's going to say is he's got six ring. He knows better than everybody. But Desi, why would he do that? Why would he call that play? Was he trying to catch the Raiders sleeping? Possibly. Um, was he going to test the Raiders' might? But the Raiders ultimately tested his might in the stiff arm that sent Mac Jones straight to the Middle Earth. Uh, was unbelievable to watch. It was just like, it was... Uh, even the guy know like, oh, wow, it's intercepted. Oh, 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 look out. Oh, wow. And then, you know, it was gone. Chandler Jones to the end zone and win the game. Unbelievable, incredible. Like, that to me, that you're looking at that play. I wish I'd have watched it live. But just looking at that play was just absolutely bonkers. It shouldn't have never happened. But it is what it is, man. Uh, moving on from that, I'm going to talk about Cancun. I'll probably talk about it tomorrow morning uh, on my way to work. And so we'll wrap up my Cancun, you know, the sports talk, Cancun talk. Uh, when I get back here, hang tight. Ooh, I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's wrap up this uh, podcast here with a little bit of Cancun talk. Um, as I went to vacation and am now back from vacation. I want to talk a little bit about my trip. Um, I actually recorded it this morning, about 30, 30 minutes. No, it was like 25 minutes. But I got a phone call and it didn't save, so here I am again, going to redo it. Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, Cancun, what do I feel about it? Um, how it went? Uh, first of all, I would like to say that, you know, going on vacation, I'm just fortunate enough that I work hard throughout the year, make enough money. I can take a vacation. I don't want to be boastful about anything like that. But it's good to relax. Uh, you know, got to free up the mind a little bit. And just overall, you know, when you're, you know, it's just great to experience something new. You know, I don't know what you guys feel about just anything in regards to like doing something or having something new in your life and break out the routine, you know, go do something, go exploring. Um, I like doing that when I go traveling and I like to see things, things I've never done, things that I wouldn't normally do every day. You know, you get into the everyday rut and you're like, man, this kind of sucks, you know, every day in and day out. And then you just need a break. But that's what was happening. I went with uh, my girl and my mother. And it was my mom, my mother's first time out there. She absolutely had a blast. She's already talking about going back uh, next year around you know, this time, uh, just before Christmas, sometime in December. And I, I 
would like to go back as well. Uh, again, there's I didn't do Escaret. It's the last thing I would like to do when I, if I go down there and go visit Escaret and just see it. And I think I could drive there um, and have fun there myself. With that said, let's start talking about... I got to talk to you guys about the weather here in California is a little bit cool. Uh, right now, I'm at 65 degrees. Uh, it's very cool. I haven't even sweated since I've been back. Um, and before that, it was very cold. Um, not cold to the point where I couldn't take it no more, but just cold enough to where it makes working and makes just existing a little bit, you know, uncomfortable. And not, and I don't even mean to be like, oh, you know, we're here in California, we're spoiled. It's winter, it's 66 degrees. I wake up, it's like, like 40. Um... And to me, that's like an average day in, in Colorado. Like, that's that's t-shirt and short weather. I'm over here like, damn, I'm freezing my ass off. Da, 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 da. And it's just so different because Cancun is like 88 degrees plus humidity. And I was just sweating my ass off over there. And I felt good because I was like, damn, I'm in shorts. I got to go swimming to cool off and, you know... You throw the AC on, you're like, oh, you feel so good coming out the heat and into the AC. Um, and that's what we went. I went, we did. Uh, I want to tell you guys this. I did go to Isla Mujeres. Uh, I had a blast there. I got a feeling it's a mental map. Um, and actually, I kind of got off topic on the last time I was talking about this. I mean, when I recorded earlier, but it didn't save. My mental map filled out and I kind of expanded my mind. And I got this theory that I'm kind of thinking about. Because I've been like, just been watching a lot of Neil DeGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson, whatever his name is. Neil Tyson, Neil DeGrasse. And a lot of the, the universe and the Big Bang and this and that. And, they, and they, the scientists don't understand it. Really. And they just they don't have the mathematical equation to explain it on paper that oh this is how it is, um, and everybody gets focused on these black holes. And I'm of the belief now that the universe we're living inside a giant that we can't even comprehend, a giant being just like the microorganisms that are in you know the cells and in a drop of water don't recognize the world around them. They can't fathom it because they're just looking through. They, they only have a little eye. Maybe they don't even have eyes. They don't, they can't recognize the world beyond what is their little bubble. We can't comprehend the universe because we just, we're not out there. We can't, we can't, we only can see uh, a little piece of it and you know, the, the numbers just not adding up in, in a certain sense of things. But I'm of the that we're in the conscience mind of another being, uh, much larger. Like um, we're in his mind because I I can relate to it when they say that the universe is expanding. Or that the Big Bang sent the universe expanding. I equivalent that to my own personal mind. That 
you go to school and you learn things and you learn and you you know you get your routine in and you know you fill in memories and this and that and then you go and you do something you know whatever it may be you've never some things you've only hear about some things you only know about some things you only you don't even know like and you go and you do something like I don't know how you guys felt when you guys were younger when you were three or five or seven ten years old and you lived in your house with your parents and and then you took a trip a family vacation out to I don't know could be anywhere in the world and you fly in a plane and you get off the plane and then you see the world around you and you're like wow this whole other part of the world exists you know and just like the sailors of old the you know the real bastard and um, Christopher Columbus, you know, when they came and sailed and seen the Caribbean islands and all that, it must have just blown their minds because, you know, the world was flat at one point. The world had an end and you could fall off of on your boat and they didn't know it went all the way around. There was a time that people believed that and they just couldn't get past it until they actually physically done it. We're not going to be able to get past space and things until we actually go out there and do it. And that's, we're a long ways away. But I kind of feel like that's kind of what we're doing. Um, We're in the mind of another being that is immensely large. That we can't even understand how big. We're just a little drop in a much bigger. And we won't be able to figure out the barriers until we're out in space, maybe if we ever get that far, 10, 20,000 years from now, they'll look back and they'll be like, how can the people just didn't figure out that you need this and that and you can zip zip around space and figure out that there is a border and I think that border is going to be like what would be the border of your brain. Like, you'll be able to zip around your brain but you eventually reach a border here and there and everywhere and then you're going to be like, wow, we're in a Thing that will not let you out but there's so much in it that there won't be any reason to get out but you'll always wonder like how could you get out you know your brain your brain works the same way like your brain wants to, to learn things and that's just what I kind of feel about that before I get off topic but I took my brain and I took myself we went to Cancun and again once again he, I had I filled in a lot of my mind expanded a little bit because I have we done Isla Mujeres. I'm gonna talk about that first. Um, we did Isla Mujeres, so I, that was one of the things that the last time I didn't go see. Uh, last time we did Chichen Itza was again that blew my mind too, and again you get to fill in the blanks of my map in in my in my head. There's a map now that is down there. Like there's still a lot of darkers. Like I don't know what's in. Ireland. I've never been there. I've heard about it. Um, but I think it's somewhere that I, I mean, I would go to and be like, wow, like, Ireland is something else. Like, it's crazy, something else. Or, like, you know, Australia or something. Like, there's a part of the world out there that, you know, just crazy. But I'm getting beyond topic here. But I went to go do Isla Mujeres. And 
Isla Mujeres. And I just got to say, like, you know, it's eye-opening. It's very beautiful. Um, and again, going back to Christopher Columbus and his um, clowns, uh, his sailor clowns that he brought. If you could take yourself back in time to like the 1600s or wherever they started really sailing around the world and you were one of those first sailors and you come from a place like France or England or Germany or you know and you know the frigid cold that it gets there at times and you know the rainy damp dark weather that it is and you're in Russia or wherever And you come and you sell and you land, like in Costa Rica. You come and you land in like Panama, or you go and you land in like Isla Mujeres, in Cancun, in different parts of Mexico, and you see these beautiful white sandy beaches where year round it's warm. You know, and you go and you're out at sea freezing, dodging icebergs and shit. You know, you get, people forget the Titanic was sunk by an iceberg, which meant it was fucking freezing. Uh, it doesn't matter how much clothes you put on. It's fucking freezing. Uh, and you land in like Cancun or Isla Mujeres. And you park your boat there and the people are very hospitable they don't you know they don't know no better why would you ever leave you know you could just imagine how mind blown you know there's a reason why Antarctica is just not populated by anything because it's so absolutely god awful to live there there's a reason why there's parts of Canada that are just barren of people because it's inhospitable there's parts of vast parts of the world of Russia or the USSR that are just empty because nobody wants to fucking live there and, and even if you do live there I mean it's so awful that the Siberian winters are so brutal like life almost doesn't exist there um, and it just sucks it just sucks you know and you gotta say to yourself like damn like you go from something like that to the Caribbean Sea and it's just like, bro, no wonder why they wanted to colonize it. You can see why they kept coming back and why they were like, yeah, we need to put a colony there. You can under, you can see it definitely. Like There is a, a definite a climb up the ladder. They were like, oh, yes, this is a part of the world that we need to come and do some shit. Uh, and they did, and you know, and you go, I, you know, I'm going. I went to go visit Isla Mujeres, and it's actually it's a Spanish name. Um, comes the women's island. I don't know if it was full of women when they first got there or what, but um, having myself now been there, I can see, and it's just so crazy to me, too, how beautiful the island is, how pristine some of the coast is. And that's after the fact that we've had an industrial revolution. We've modernized shit. There's concrete. 
there's steel, there's, you know, there's things. Boats in the waters are still so beautiful. And the beaches are very beautiful. And the wildlife is there. I stopped at Izumaras at South Point and there's iguana. I don't know if they're iguanas or what they are. They're just living free. Untouched by humans. And that has survived all these years. And it, to me, it's just like, that is so fucking crazy. Because, you know, even at Chichen Itza, there's a, a lot of wildlife that roam around the pyramid. And it's like, wow, like, that's unbelievable to me. Um, because you don't get that where I'm at. Like, it's just, a, again, it's one of those things my mind just, you can... My mind feels out a little bit. Now when I see pro programs on like BBC or whatever, and they start talking about the Mayans or the Aztecs and the temples, and I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see exactly what the fuck they're talking about. I know now, that first-hand experience. It's in the Caribbean, the Pirates of the Caribbean. And no wonder why Jack Black didn't want to fucking, why he was... Why they're in the pirates and why they were fighting over that land, um, you know, because it's fucking it was an amazing it's an amazing part of the world. I mean, you know, Izumo Headers. I I give that part of the tour that I was on. I was like a nine out of a ten, man. The only thing I wish I would have went longer there, stay there longer. I would have loved to explore. Izumohead is just longer and you know just had a little bit more time there but I'm not upset about anything I did there Um, it was like an hour boat ride to get there we had some lunch rented a golf cart went cruising around the town I got to see everything and went back to go swimming. And I mean, and then free drinks all the way back. They all ride back and went to go back to my hotel. I had an absolutely phenomenal day. Like, it was a very beautiful day. That was even, that was just one day I was there. Uh, and I And I don't even know, you know, I went to go... So the first the first day, let's get let me backtrack my story. So the first day we leave, the flights leave at eight thirty in the morning from Los Angeles International. So that means I got up. I got up at two in the morning on last Monday. I got ready and I was out the door by about three thirty. I packed up everybody's bags. Uh, went to go try to go get coffee at um, McDonald's. They didn't let me. Went to stop. Everybody stopped in the bank. Pulled out just a little bit of cash. I put. I got three hundred bucks. Uh, took that. Uh, my mother, I think, got like again. Like she, I think she got two or three hundred bucks. You know, that's what everybody took with them. Maybe we had a thousand all together, all together combined. But I don't know if we everybody topped a thousand. But whatever. And it's raining. It's fucking pouring. Monday morning, you know, it had started sprinkling when we were loading up, but by the time I got onto the freeway, it said a downpour, and it was just pouring, pouring. Uh, and essentially, 
Uh, I get to LAX. It's pouring and it's also very cold. It's got to be a little bit above freezing, like probably like 40 degrees outside or 38, but it's raining. You know, we get to the airport, you get checked in, you know, by the time all of that happens, you get to TSA, uh, check your passwords, check your bags, walk around the airport, find your gate. By the time I actually sat down back in the airport from the time we had got there, it was already six about 6 or 6.30 in the morning. And it's just a lot. It just takes a long. It took a long time to get there. Get to you know the TSA lines are no joke. Whatever. I sat down at six. The boarding. We started boarding the plane. Uh, at seven thirty. So we had just a little bit more than an hour. Maybe about an hour and fifteen minutes. Just chilling there before we got on the plane. Mind you, LAX is freezing as well. Uh, and we get on the plane, you know, we we take off at like 8 in the morning, 8, 8, oh, 5 in the morning. And I had already rented on Expedia, I had already rented a car, rented the hotel, got the flights, and we go. And when we land in Cancun, I tell you, it was just a night and day difference. We land there like at 3 in the afternoon or at 3.30 and immediately it's hot. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a nice break. My bones, my whole body, just the heat of the, it just, it just is like, wow, I just left my home dark, rainy, Jack the Ripper-esque vibes in the morning, freezing my ass off, and I come in here, and I'm like, I might have to get into some shorts, because this is fucking hot, and I did, I think I was walking around Cancun in my trunks for like, Five days straight. Uh, I had pants or wear to dinner, but I was in my swimming trunks the rest of the way. Like I, I, I the first day, uh, I did pants, and then after that, I was like, "It's too hot to be wearing pants. I'm going in shorts and sandals and no socks." And like that was my attire, like for five days straight, and that was amazing. It was just amazing. Uh, but you know, we get land there, get my car, and get our bags. We jam over to the hotel. We check in, and before I know, it, it's like six o'clock in the night over there. I'm like, eh, let's go to dinner. You know, that's what we did. The next day, I got up. We went to uh, we went to Walmart, which I did want to do the last time. I was like, I gotta go into Walmart here in Cancun, but just one of the farthest places in a foreign country. But it also reminds me of home. Like, I, I like I want to go into a Walmart in Japan. Like, a Walmart in fucking, you know, England. Like, I just would like to go in there and just see crumpets for sale. Or just see, like, you know, just Japanese, something in Japan, like Walmart. Like, just see if you could see things that you would see here over there. Which I'm sure you could, but it's just still something you would like to see, like. I don't know. There's something you want to do. Uh, there's something I like to do. I went to the Home Depot the last time at Cancun. I, you know, was blown away. Uh, this Walmart, too, is very eye-opening. Because they sell a lot of different shit in there than they do here in the States. And I don't have any prime examples. But 
Um, everything is different there. They have a lot of a lot of Mexican sodas in there, and a lot of Mexican beer in there. And they're just like, "Yo, we sell it cheap. Come and get it." El Walmart is fucking the shit in the other countries. Not so much the shit anymore in the United States. It's a fucking madhouse, but it is kind of eye-opening in Cancun. Uh, from there, we hit a Costco. And the Costco, I also felt like... Costco was kind of the same that you get at home. With little hints and notes of local produce as well. I kind of feel like they're... I kind of feel like the fruit, the vegetables in Cancun are a lot better than the fruit and vegetables you get here at home. I don't know if it's just that extra day that's sitting on the boat and getting to your stores locally that just completely fucks them up. But they just... The fruit just looks like they just picked it within... Hours of it being out there at Costco or hours of it being... And that same goes for Walmart and the Mega Soriana. It goes for both of them. And even Sam's Club. Like, this shit looks fresh. And I mean, like, fresh as if, like, they just plucked the motherfucker from the tree. Especially the tomatoes. Especially the carrots. Especially, like, the onions and the avocados. Hell, even the bananas were, like... They just looked clean. And they looked free of, like, like you don't get it over here. Like, you just don't get it over here. And I don't know. I just was tripping out about that a little bit. And then just a little bit of the differences between the stores from here to over there. I hadn't been in the Costco here in the States in a minute, which I should have. I should have went to go compare. But, I mean, it is what it is, man. I, I did that one day. We did that the second day. We went swimming by the... No, what did we do the second day? That was the second day. The third day, I think we hung out by the pool. Uh, in this trip, I probably swam four out of... Three three for sure. No, let's see. One day in Mujeres. Two days in the... Uh, three days and f- actually four kicking it by the beach and pool. Almost the whole entire vacation was revolved around swimming or being in, in the ocean or being by the pool. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do this time around versus last. Last time I think it was kind of, let's go do the mall. Let's go do the tour. Let's do one day at the beach. Let's do something. Like, let's see, I wanted to see Cancun. Um, and I did. I re- really enjoyed my time this time. I mean, as a matter of fact, I went swimming in the ocean at Isla Mujeres. And I went swimming in the ocean in front of my resort, which you can't beat, man. I mean, the water is like, it just, it's like lukewarm, like. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's just really lukewarm. And you get the really... You get the full flavor of it, man. When you're just there, you're just like, man, this is... The beaches is so much better than here in the States. I mean, maybe not in Florida. Maybe Florida's got the best beaches. But Florida itself is not the best state. Uh, California's got amazing beaches, but the water's not great. Um, as a matter of fact, I think San Diego, the water's cold. The Pacific Ocean is colder. That Caribbean Sea is something else, so let me tell you that. 
it is something else entirely. Um, it's just an amazing, it's just an amazing place. Um, I give Cancun a ten out of ten, and just I've, I've, I highly recommend it. If you've never gone in your life, I would recommend going once in your life. See the see the Mayan uh, ruins. Go swimming in the ocean. Go out to some of the restaurants in Cancun. You will not be disappointed. And it's just so... Again, I was completely blown away by how many different peoples are go there. You've got Argentinians. You've got Brazilians. You've got Canadians. You've got dudes from Ireland. Dudes from Sweden. Uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, French people. You've got Arab people. You've got Indian people. Uh, I'm not sure which... Arab peoples there are, which Indian peoples there are, but I just, I mean, you know, whatever. You've got Asian people, and again, I don't know which Asian people, I don't walk up to anybody and be like, yo, are you Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, Korean? I never ask anybody what they are. Um, but I mean, you can by sight tell that they're of Asian descent, some, some Asian descent of some sort. And you know you just That's what it is I mean You know You're like you're Like damn You know How does anybody Communicate over there I don't know how they Communicate But everybody does And it's just so phenomenal man It's just eye, really eye opening Real eye popping experience To have um, I got a massage There I got uh, Fish therapy on my feet uh, And about the fish therapy I did it without really like looking into it and I did it and I was like oh these little fish eat all the dead skin off your feet da, 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 da. when I went back to my hotel I googled fish therapy and there's all kinds of advertisements online against it like supposedly you can get a staph infection supposedly it's not healthy the fish don't actually want to eat your feet they're just they're starving and da 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 da, and uh, and the tanks aren't really cleaned out every day, and they don't put fresh water, and you know they they go on and on about there's a there's a hundred negative opinions about fish therapy, but as I started realizing that a lot of that comes up, there's also a lot of Supposedly health benefits uh, First and foremost I'm going to just run this by you guys The chemical pill that goes on your feet And the pumice stone that You scrape your feet very hard That could also give you a staph infection That could also do damage to your feet uh, You're not going to leave your feet in the tank For the fish to gnaw on overnight Hopefully um, You're just supposed to be a quick like 10 minute thing 15 minute thing They're supposed to just go around picking off the the little dead skin cells, that's what they do. Um, do the fish necessarily love it? I mean, I don't know. I never talked to a fish myself personally, but they don't got a problem with it. And I guess I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they're not scared of you, so I don't really see the point. Um, and as far as them shitting in the water... To me, it seems like there is a filter on those things. I mean, I would like to... 
point that out that I seen a filter. Uh, the water is circulating. It's not just sitting there stagnant. Um, do they clean out the bottom of the tank though at night? Maybe, maybe not. But I I enjoyed the fish therapy on my feet. Uh, and then afterwards, I got a foot massage with it. Like they put and they they clean off your feet, they dry it off. They put like a little oil and they oil your feet down. And after that, your feet feel like fucking like a million dollars, which I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Um, but besides that, you know, the fish therapy was the bomb, I think. Uh, I, I would recommend you trying it out. If you haven't tried it out, I would recommend trying it. I don't know if they got it here in the States. I don't think it's a thing. Um, and I think it's not a lot of States because they don't know how to regulate it. Like, how often should those people clean out the tanks or clean out the fish or get new fish? And, and I think it makes it a little bit more relaxed on that. But I, my feet, are, I don't got a staph infection. My feet aren't infected, nothing. So I'm okay. Uh, what else did we do there? I got to eat a couple of great dinners. Uh, A1 service. And, and I want to point this out as I kind of wrap up this Cancun talk. America really does a piss poor job of talking about Mexico in the news. And Fox News <coughs> can really, you know, suck a fat fucking dick. Because Mexico is such a lovely place, man. I mean, and for the few assholes in the cartels that ruin it for the rest of the, you know, the population, um, you know, Mexico is really not. The peoples are so nice. Uh, I've gone out twice in back to back in the less than the span of a year, and I just had a blast both times. In Cancun, and you know, and I actually drove to the city, and I actually took a tour like to Chichen Itza, and I didn't really feel my life threatened at all at any given point. I never really felt like oh somebody came on board the thing and demanded everybody give a hundred dollars. Nothing like that happened. Nothing like that does happen if you're, you know, you got to be conscious of things you do. Um, anywhere you go in this world, it's not just Mexico. If you want to go, um, and I know this is a big thing, the World Cup that just recently happened. Uh, if you're gonna, if you're an American and you go, want to take a trip to the Middle East, especially to Qatar or any of these places, you have to understand. They don't. Ninety percent of the people are there don't like us. We bomb fuck the Middle East for so long now been out there oil for a cool minute and it basically comes down to okay if you go over there you really need to strictly abide by all the rules of how you would abide by all the rules here in America that means no drugs really don't drinking and fighting with anybody no killing no doing any crazy shit and, and I mean, that's that. And, and the real same rule applies to Mexico. Like, if you don't do that kind of shit down there, you really if you if your if your goal is to go and look for fucking a pound of coke and fucking hookers and rifles, and, and you want to fucking feel danger, I mean, 
yeah, you're going to find it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Let alone, I would not even recommend you even have that thought at all. Like, like, well, if I see somebody selling, like, I, if anybody's selling drugs, you got to say no. Because it's just dangerous. Like, at, here at home, people, I think, here in the United States, people are more relaxed because, oh, this guy's selling me 10 bucks of weed or, or he wants to shoot me a sack of coke or a sack of dope or whatever. And they're like, well, you know, fuck, the cops are bust, you go to jail, catch a little you know, a little case, but it's not a really big deal. You're not trying to sell it, but I mean, you don't really know who the fuck you're dealing with here in the States either. So I don't really know why we paint Mexico as this big, bad enemy. And I, and I actually kind of believe the more I think about it, United States is the problem. Why are we smoking so much dope to warrant their cartels being so crazy? There was no market. They would not be in power. Um, just point blank, simple. They would have found something else to do by now if we weren't Snorting and all that kind of shit. Um, like there's no tomorrow here in the States. Uh, but again, once again, I mean, none of that. And again, I, I think a lot of it is a lot of this media really portrays Mexico as being this fucking Uber, like chop your head off state. It's run by gangsters. And maybe it is to a degree. But once again, to a degree. Uh, the crooked governments that are here in the states are just, you know, who's really running the states? It's crooked. You know, we're not without our, we're not without our blemishes either. So, overall, Cancun was uh, phenomenal. I came back after sweating it out for like six days. Came back to the states too. Uh, get into the deep freeze, and I've been enjoying the cold because I that was really hot. I was really sweating. Not one single day did it rain on us. Not one single day was the weather nothing shy of great. It's a little breezy for their two days, but then after that, hot. Before that, hot and beach weather, kicking in on the cabanas, drinking margaritas here and there, and having a blast, man. I love Cancun. I'd like to go back some point in the future, uh, but there's more places to explore. I would love to go back to Cabo San Lucas. I would love to go back. To Cancun, I would like to go visit. England is actually, London is coming up. I think pretty soon. I think we're talking about it, uh, and I still want to go visit the land of Japan, um, the my home of Godzilla and Super Nintendo. Just something I need to do in my life and to f- fulfill the fantasy of. It's not even a fantasy. Fulfill my mental. In my abilities to push it to that extreme as something I would like to do. Um, and just, you know, if you're going to do a once-in-a-lifetime vacation, you want to do a, for real, a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. It's somewhere where you just get to see and experience something, something new. Again, once you blow your mind. I mean, I know, and and I talked about this a little time this morning before it got deleted. Everybody needs that kind of stimulation in their life. And everybody talks about it, but they don't actually know that they need it. Everybody talks about you want to win a million dollars or you want to hit the lotto too. And everybody's got that dream. 
if I hit the lotto, if I hit a hundred million dollars, this is exactly what the fuck I'm doing. I'm taking my money, paying off all my bills, buying my family some houses, getting myself a house, investing in this, and then I'm gonna tour the world for like a year and go see this and go see that. I would like to do New Year's in New York. I wanna do I wanna go and relax in Bali for a month. I would like to do some, um, I forget what that kind of works, not volunteer work, but kind of more of missionary type of work. Go feed the needy in like Africa or something and go to the safari, go, go to Zimbabwe, visit Jamaica. You know, people want to do things like that. And when they all of a sudden can fantasize that they got the money to do it. And, but you know, Everybody, I think, in the United States has the ability to earn themselves a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Everybody, I think, has the ability to. And you want to go and you want... And you just need... Your mind needs that stimulation after day in and day out. You, you, the hustle and grind that is this life. Your mind needs that stimulation. It's like, okay, we're working towards the goal. We're going to go. Like, and you Once you get dead set on it and you find out how to do it... And you want to do it, and your mind needs that stimulation. It goes, and it's telling you, like, yes, this was amazing. This was like, wow, like your mind, your eyeballs get just a little bit bigger. They see, you know, you go visit London, or maybe you go, maybe your goal is to go visit Toronto, Canada, or maybe go down to Brazil or Chile or or Australia or you know Germany or something. Maybe Germany you want to go because you want to see where World War One, World War Two happened. Maybe you're completely fascinated by that era of time uh, and go see it. Like I, like I would be fascinated by it. Or maybe the Eiffel Tower, the French. Or maybe you like Italy, the Italian food. Or maybe the Mediterranean somewhere. Greece. Um, Rome. The Roman era. I mean, sometimes you want to like learn all about that and see it. And, you know... And the safari, you know, the Amazon, you know, sometimes you just need that. And your mind needs that stimulation. You got to go and do it. And and if if I were to say, you know, Cancun should be up there on your list of places to go and see and do. Because I've had a phenomenal time two times in a row. And the people are so friendly and excellent service through and through. No bad days there. Uh, just an amazing, an amazing time, man. And with that said, I'm get this posted up. We're gonna talk. I went to go see Avatar, The Way of Water, last night, and I'm gonna review that really quick because I don't even know if I'm gonna go watch it a second time. I'll leave that cliffhanger with for you guys. So. Uh, I'll get this posted up quickly, and uh, I'll catch you guys up the next time. So uh, I'll catch you later. Peace.